0: Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to open your word. And we pray that you would bless your word to us today, God, that you would speak to us. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would give us understanding, Lord, of the principles that you put before us. Give us understanding of these verses, Lord, and help us to to receive it, Lord. Even as your spirit speaks to us and convicts us and and moves us, Lord, I pray that we would respond, Lord, in applying them into our lives, God. So we pray, God, for your voice, Lord, to be heard in our hearts, God. We pray that you would clear our minds right now, put our attention upon you and nothing else, Lord, and let us be just locked in with our eyes fixed upon you, Jesus, as you speak to us through your Word so we ask for your touch your anointing your spirit upon this time and we ask this in jesus name and everyone said amen Amen. interesting i was reading this uh, the universal life church monastery does not hold sunday services there's no pastor there's no worship leader there's no like podium like this no it is actually it actually has no physical building at all because it only exists on the internet this strange entity calls itself an online church but it's not what you think their sole mission is to ordain ministers interesting isn't that with this recent trend of millennials getting your friend to officiate your wedding i didn't know that i was reading an article about that that people want their friends to marry them so they go online to get ordained now this kind of online ordination service i guess you could say has become popular these guys now they boast of giving out 20 million online ordi- ordinations crazy yeah What's the cost? Well, it's free, but certificates and pa- packages can be ordered anywhere from thirteen ninety nine dollars to $139.99. Yes, anyone can be ordained. Just like that, anyone can become a minister, and you could be just like people posted on their site i looked at the site and they have a picture of like conan o'brien on there who got ordained and also lady gaga got became a minister how you like that she could come marry you (laughs) well is that what it really means to be a minister of jesus christ well as we turn Uh, return to our study in the book of first corinthians paul clarifies what a ministry really is as he speaks to the believers there in the corinthian church so i've titled our message this morning real ministers real ministers that's our title we're going to be studying first corinthians chapter four and we're going to only take two verses this morning verses one and two We finished up chapter 3 last time, and now as we cross over into chapter 4, today just two verses, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, real ministers. Now, our outline today covers, well, real ministers, they are actually, number one, servants. Number two, actually stewards. And real ministers, number three, are actually steadfast. So actually servants, actually stewards, and actually steadfast so let's begin here with number one actually servants real ministers they are actually number one servants actually servants take a look with me here now first corinthians chapter four verse one now we're only going to take the first part in this section it says here let a man so consider us as servants of christ and we're going to stop right there now we begin here with paul writing let a man and that is anybody whether in the church or not anybody let let them let this let everyone so consider the word consider here means to regard it means to to reason in other words let everyone think of us this way and who is this us that Paul's writing about well it's speaking about himself Paul he's speaking about what he's been writing about like the apollos peter he's been speaking about really any preacher any teacher any minister so paul's like hey you know let everyone see preachers pastors ministers in this way that's the idea as we begin here at the very first part of this verse now From the start of this book, we've seen this, haven't we, that Paul's been addressing the division and the contentions that have been going on in this church in the city of Corinth. We've seen that it's because of their carnal and worldly attitudes as we've been studying this book. They've been lifting up, right, certain ministers like Apollos, Peter, Paul himself, and making them into these great people, making, making it all into this popularity contest, like who's the better guy? I follow the better guy. No, you, you guys aren't, aren't doing the right thing. Oh, well, this is the guy. Paul is the guy. No, Apollos is the guy. We've been seeing that throughout our study here. And as we come into chapter 4, here Paul brings up the truth. About ministers of God, they are not to be judged by by the way humans maybe think or a human ranking system. Why? Well, this is not what true servants, true ministers. That's not what they're about. That's not why they do what they do. They're not up there for some popularity contest. William Barclay said in his commentary, Paul urges the Corinthians not to think of Apollos or Cephas and himself as leaders of parties that's not what we're about paul is saying that's not what we're trying to do here so how is this church how are they to see these ministers how are they to reason or regard or look at them well first of all we see here and in this verse first of all as servants that's our outline real ministers are actually servants they're not some high makamaka maka thing they're actually servants so look at verse 1 again so paul writes here in verse 1 let a man so consider us as what servants servants now paul uses actually a specific greek word for servant here in the greek it's red hoopiretes it speaks of a person one who is under authority and acts only as directed actually this greek word literally is under rowers under rowers what's that well i don't know if you've seen have you seen ben-hur that, uh, have you seen that movie ben-hur the it's this it's the recent version of that classic movie from before and actually it's a classic story and it's a very very good movie actually my wife and i we we watched it again just the other day it's a story of judah ben-hur i i, I recommend you watch it of judah ben-hur and, and even this recent version it's the story of Judy ben-hur and his struggles with retaliation with hate for what his adopted brother had done to him and his family. But at the end of the movie, it's, it's awesome, you know, he's there witnessing Jesus dying on the cross, and Ben-Hur finally sees what love for forgiveness is all about. Now, in the, in the middle of this movie, there's this scene where Ben-Hur is a slave on this Roman Navy ship. And he's down there with all these other rowers. They're slaves. They, they've really been put in prison in there. And and he's one of many oarsmen. He's he's a what 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 is called a galley slave. He's down there in a the galley, in the lowest parts of the ship. And back then, you know, there's just sails, no motors, but they would use these slaves to 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 uh row the boat and get the the boat moving well he's down there he's a galley slave in the lowest part of the ship propelling a boat with the other rowers at the beat of a drum if you haven't seen this i understand this oh, go watch the movie now so that is what who is that's what paul is he say i'm just this galley slave i'm this under rower person here i'm just a servant way down there isn't that great paul's just saying look that's all i am i'm the lowest of lows down there and who are ministers servants of well verse one says as servants of christ of who jesus christ he is the master he's the one calling the shots so paul says look we ministers are actually under roars pulling oars for the wishes of our captain of god's navy jesus christ we're nothing special here we're 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 not here for trying to build ourselves up in a popularity contest no not at all do you see what humility paul had no wonder no wonder god used him so much paul the apostle paul paul is the one god used to write like half the new testament I mean for me I see Paul as the was the greatest missionary the, the greatest of teachers the greatest of pastors here yet how does Paul describe himself I'm just this galley slave I'm just this under roar I'm a servant Paul put God in his high place and himself he was just his servant in this low place You know paul never went around pushing himself up putting his credentials out like to impress people to gain a following no paul did the opposite didn't he in first corinthians fifteen nine, it's paul wrote for i am the least of the apostles he's like you know out of all the apostles i'm the low man on the totem pole so here's what paul is saying here right away in this first part He's saying, do not like carnally, like we saw in chapter 3. Do not carnally boast like we're something special. See real ministers in the same way they see themselves. You know, regard us in this way. This is what Paul's saying. Ministers are actually under rowers. Rowers, servants doing everything for their master, Jesus Christ. Ministers are actually under rowers servants doing everything for their master jesus christ that's what he's about he's he's doing everything for jesus it's not about him it's not about lifting himself up he's not even worried about what people think no he's just this under rower a servant doing everything for his master jesus You know, I read about this young woman who was waiting in her seat to sing a solo in the church service one day. This elderly lady, no, she was nervous. She kept kind of taking her paper and like crumpling it and, and, you know, nervously moving her hands. So this elderly lady slipped a note to her to ask her if she was okay. Well, the young woman wrote on the note, I'm afraid of what people will think and handed it back to the elderly lady. Well, the note came back to the young lady from the elderly lady with these words, sing to God. I like that. It's about serving God. It's about God is the master. It's not about ourselves, lifting ourselves up, about, about what people are going to think about me. No, it's about what God thinks. Are you today trying to get people to like you, to follow you, is that really serving jesus maybe you serve in the church maybe you're in cakey church or maybe you do some other things and you serve in a certain way do you do you move chairs or 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 unload the trailer or load the trailer or or reset up or take down our our church here so people can see you do you do that so you're noticed and if you're not noticed sorry i'm not going to serve now i'm not coming are you really is that really serving Jesus or is that serving yourself? Who are you really serving there? Are you willing to be looked at as some lowly galley slave, yeah? Some lowly humble servant. Are you willing to just be that kind of guy? Isn't that what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23 verse 11? He said the greatest among you must be what a servant right the first shall be last and the last shall be what first right this is what paul is saying hey you know what ministers me us guys we're just under rowers. you know we're just lowest of lows we're galley slaves we're servants and jesus is our master we're we're god is the one who's the one we lift up we're we're just serving him and and li- and ser- living for him doing everything for him is that how you see yourself today as a servant or do you maybe go around thinking no other people are my servant is that really the way we're supposed to carry ourselves someone asked this famous conductor of an orchestra how would you describe your job well this is how we replied he said to serve the music as well as i can but you know he didn't stop there he also said this He said, to serve the orchestra as well as I can. And then he said, to serve the audience as well as I can. We are here for others, aren't we? We are here to serve God and others. So Paul says, look, real ministers, they are actually servants. They're actually servants. Well, let's go on here to number two in our outline. Actually stewards actually stewards real ministers they're number one actually servants but number two real ministers they are actually stewards stewards take a look here now first corinthians chapter four the rest of verse one so he starts out let them in so consider us as servants of christ and then he says this and stewards of the mysteries of god so paul continues to speak here or right here and he's saying look real ministers they're not just servants but they are also what stewards 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 literally means house manager house manager so this steward managed the master's household now understand this a steward here is still a slave a steward here is still a servant to his master now he may be overseeing the master's property but the steward owned nothing he's just a servant it's his master's things he he owned none of all this but he may be managed oversaw it paul says look hey we're nothing special here it's not about a popularity contest not about who we are and how great we are no we are just these servant stewards basically Remember in Genesis chapter 39, when Joseph was a steward of Potiphar's property. Remember, God gave him favor. He became the manager of, of his whole household there. Even though he was still a slave, he was purchased as a slave, Joseph served, and it says in Genesis 39, he served as a overseer of his house. That, that's what Paul is talking about here. Hey, we're just stewards here and what were paul and these others stewards of well it says here at the end of verse one and stewards of the mysteries of god what is that well it speaks of the salvation we have in jesus christ and the truths of god that are in all that remember we've covered this before when we see in the new testament this word mystery it's not talking about something you can never really know you know like hey how, how does the 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 earth really go around the sun you know or how how does the whales come from alaska all the way to hawaii yeah how how does you know it's things like wow i cannot really grasp that understand that it's not talking about a mystery in that sense but when we see mystery in the new testament that word speaks of truths of god that that was not fully understood but now revealed in the new testament now revealed through jesus christ though paul and the ministers uh, apollos and those guys they were not the originators or the owners of this truth they were serving god by being stewards of the truth teaching these truths to the people the salvation truth in Jesus Christ, God's word that we have here holding that Paul had written. So Paul's saying this, look, look, I teach when I teach, I'm I, I not not to be some superstar, public speaker, you know, but as a lowly steward, a slave servant steward. I just pass on these truths of God of his word of salvation in jesus christ i'm just a steward here when did paul become a steward i want you to see this uh, turn to the left couple books to acts chapter 26 acts chapter 26 we're going to look at verse 16 and 17 acts chapter 26 verse 16 as you're turning there, I was thinking how, you know, these in these days, I say, hey, you know, turn to the left couple books. You know, we have our Bibles. But many of us are electronic, like me. Yeah. So I should say, too. And also, click. For those of you, yeah, <laughs> click over to the book of Acts. So Acts twenty six sixteen. Now, Paul is at his hearing with King Agrippa. He's, 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 at, he's standing before him, and Paul's sharing about his conversion, how he came to the Lord and how God was speaking to him and how the Lord told him now, verse 16, Acts 26, But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister. Now, that minister, guess what Greek word that is? Hupireitis. Hupireitis. Same word we saw in 1 Corinthians 4. An under a galley slave. I'm going to make you this under this galley slave, and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you that was paul's mission that was paul's calling that he is now a steward of the truths of god the salvation in jesus christ and now he is being sent and we know he's sent to the gentiles to bring the truth of god the word of god salvation in jesus to them this was the moment you guys that paul became a steward of the mysteries of god the steward of god's truth so back to first corinthians chapter four if you look at this paul's saying this do not like carnally do not like worldly in, a, in the worldly way lift us up as something special see real ministers in the, see real ministers in the same way they are to see themselves look at them this way And this is Paul's point here. Ministers are actually only stewards of God's truth and assigned to teach and share the salvation of Jesus Christ. Ministers are actually only stewards of God's truth. They're not the originators. They're not the owners. They're just assigned to teach, share the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's what they're about. That's what they are to do. These ministers are just stewards of God's word to share God's word word you know when pastor ron was here you remember he taught us uh, uh here and uh when, when was that uh four weeks or so ago three or four weeks ago and and you know a good friend of mine he pastors uh, calvary houston in texas and uh and you know they went through a lot there was hurricane harvey and anyway when he was here he was sharing with me how there's this church nearby his church in houston and they have been doing this series on sunday morning and the series they've been doing is on movies what yes movies they're taking current movies that are in the theater and making sermons out of them can you believe that i mean what about the word of god now pastor ron was sharing with me he said yeah and you know rick you know um they're, they're a very large church. They're larger than mine. I'm scratching my head. Like, I go, what? People are flocking to that? I mean, Pastor Ron already has a large church. I mean, when I've spoken there several times, there's like 5,000 people in his church. And, and, well, everything's big in Texas, right? Big steaks we had, big, you know, and all that. But can you imagine this huge church, bigger than his now? They're flocking to hear messages, sermons on movies. I'm thinking, what is that? paul's saying look you know what real ministers we're actually only stewards of what god's truth of preaching god's truth that's what a good steward is right uplifting the word of god that's what really church is about what a minister is about a servant steward how about us though today have you been good stewards sharing the word of god the salvation of jesus christ is it is it that what we share? Is it that what we really put out God's word, His truth, His principles? Is that that do we even share it all? We should be sharing, and maybe when we share, we're, think, we're we're sharing other things. Oh yeah, you know maybe you have a you love sports or you love to watch the game, and that's and then you get real passionate about that. Yet you don't get as passionate about Jesus Christ. You don't get. That's passionate about, oh, you know what I read t- this morning, my devotions? You know what God spoke to me in church, you know? Are we passionate about that? Are we sharing that? Or it's more, more about, hey, you know that ulua? You got to, you know that ulua I caught the other day, yeah? What is it about? Paul says, you know what? Ministers are actually stewards of God's truth and salvation, Jesus Christ. We should be too. Now, you may be thinking, hey, I'm no minister. Hey, no not me don't call me minister that this doesn't apply to me that's that's his job and you're pointing to me yeah that's his job yeah maybe maybe you think ah no nah, nah, you know what you're kind of like like checking out right now as i'm talking but listen to what peter wrote he said in first peter 2 9 but you are a chosen generation He's speaking now to believers he's bringing this analogy that god spoke to israel about but he's speaking to christians now saved by jesus christ he says by your chosen generation and then he said this a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light He's calling believers priests. We're priests. We're all ministers. We're all connected with Jesus. In a way, we're all priests and bringing, proclaiming the message of God, the gospel, Jesus Christ, the light into this world. We are all priests, you know. Not just here, but in 1 Corinthians, but, you know, in the New Testament, many times the word minister means servant. Ministers are to be servants, but at the same time, we're, we're all servants of God. We're all to serve the Lord. And, and anyways, didn't Jesus say and call us to go out into the world and make disciples of all men? To witness Jesus, his truth. We are ministers, you guys. Not just me, not just pastors or leaders here, but we are all ministers. And we are all actually only stewards of God's truth. So, you may not hold that office of a pastor, but you can still be used by God to minister the love of Jesus to everyone, to those around you. Now, are you willing to be used by God in that way today? Are you willing to share God's word the best you can or, or what God has shown you? Are you willing to share? Even your testimony and what Jesus has done in freeing you from the bondage of sin, of forgiving you, cleansing you. Are you willing to do that? I think we would all say, yes, Lord. Okay, God. All right, I want to be a steward of of the mysteries of God, of your truth and salvation. I want to share, yes, Lord. Don't just say yes. Do it. Do it. When you walk out of these doors today, do it. Be different than how you came in today. Let a fire burn in your heart. Let a passion, let that passion be, wow, Lord, I'm I'm a steward of this truth you've given me. I'm not just going to hold on to it. It's not just for me, but you know, you have me on this earth to share your word. Do it. Don't just say, yes, Lord, I raised my hand. Yes, I'm there, but do it. I read this story. Please, Dad pleaded this teenage boy. I promise to use them every day. I don't know, said the dad. As they were discussing this, they were looking over this weightlifting set at a store. The dad said, you know, it's a commitment on your part. The boy said, please, dad, please, dad, I, I, I want it. The dad said, well, you know, they're not cheap. Dad, I'll use them. Dad, I promise, you'll see. Well, with that, with that the dad gave in, Bought the set, and as they were making their way out of the store, just after a few steps, you could hear the son saying, what do you mean I have to carry them to the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're willing to be used by God. We're willing, but are we really willing to do it? Well, let's go on to number three in our outline here now. Actually stead real ministers they're actually steadfast we saw real ministers are number one actually servants number two actually stewards and now here verse two they are actually steadfast first corinthians chapter four verse two paul writes moreover it is required in stewards that one be found faithful so Paul goes on here in verse 2, and he adds really this characteristic of a steward. But he begins by, by saying, more over. Now, this, this word in original language, it's interesting. In other words, he's saying there's one more important thing that I want to say about stewards. One more thing before I go on. This is, this is important. This is vital here. And what is that? He says, moreover, it is required now. So, this is super important required. It it, it must be that this steward, what? The stewards that one be found faithful. That they would be found faithful. The idea here, they must be reliable, they must be dependable, they must be steadfast in what they have been given to manage what they've been given to do, in the duties that they have been given from their master. Paul's saying, look, the idea is these servants are expected, now you're expected to be faithful in their given stewardship. Now notice something here. Notice it, it, it says, it says, moreover it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It does not say they are required that these stewards to be found talented, to be found gifted, to be found really good looking, yeah? To be found oh, a great, wonderful speaker speaker with a great speaking voice and this presence there as ministers. No, it's not saying that I'm glad or I wouldn't be up here because I'm not good looking or I don't have a good speaking voice. Yeah, yeah, but and you could laugh yeah no (laughs) no that's not what paul is saying right they're not required in those ways and it's a good thing for paul too you know what they say about paul you know what they say about him it's been written and and that traditionally paul was short in stature so he was probably like this (laughs) couldn't see him behind the podium yeah they say he had balding thinning hair They say he had a unibrow. And uh, tradition says they wrote, a nose somewhat hooked. So he wasn't really pretty to look at. He wasn't some some great public speaker with this presence on stage. No. Paul says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found, what? Faithful. That's what's important. It's not about being some super great, talented person, but it's about being faithful to what God has asked you to do as his steward. Besides that, whatever God calls you to do, yeah, he's going to give you that talent, that ability, the gifting to do, right? So that's what God look, looks for is Faithfulness, not so much. Hey, are you good at this? Are you good at that? You know, kind of thing. I like here where it says "found faithful." It speaks about he should be proved in that way. It, it, it speaks about this. This is his character. This is the the way this person is. And it also makes me think that they're found faithful. That that when the master is there is around or the master's not around the steward is still steadfast doing what he has been asked to do keeping his assignment as a steward isn't that what jesus said jesus said in luke chapter 12 verse 42 who then is that faithful and wise steward and then uh, i'm sorry luke twelve forty-two, verse 43 says blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes that's the idea whether the master is looking or not this steward has inside of him this steward has part of him this steward is doing faithfully reliably dependably steadfast in what god has asked him to do so here's what paul is saying here here's here's his point do not look at us as, as paul paul cephas guys peter you know do not look at us like we're some (laughs) superheroes ministers are just trying to be faithful to their duty steadfast in the given stewardship ministers are just trying to be faithful to their duty steadfast in their given stewardship i mean that that's been always been my heart as as i attempt to to communicate expound exposit the word of god to you guys i just i just want to help you guys understand i'm serving you my stewardship is to stand up here and take the word and bring it to you in a way you can understand clearly that you can go home read and go yeah i get it now and if you can connect to the word of god you can connect to god Ministers aren't superheroes in this. No, it's God who's using them, right? And so ministers, in in their assignment, they're just trying to be faithful to their duty, steadfast in their stewardship. In 2013, a helicopter safely landed on the Hudson River in New York. It, it, It went down after completely losing engine power. The 23-year-old pilot kept his cool. He deployed these pontoons. I think they went, you know, on, on the skids of the helicopter. I never knew that. but And then so he guided the helicopter down the best he could onto the water, landing a little bit hard, but on the water. A family of four Swedish tourists were on board, but everyone made it to shore safely with the help of a nearby boat. Now, when the deputy fire chief and others were were praising this pilot you know what his reply was his reply was this i was just doing my job i like that he was just doing his, he's not any superhero he just responded in the way that he was trained to and he was just doing his best to be steadfast in a hard situation to keep going and, and be faithful to what his job was to his duty That's what Paul is saying here. Hey, we're just doing our job. You know, don't lift us up. We're not to be lifted up, immortalized. You know, regard us as just stewards trying to be faithful to what God has assigned us. Ministers are just trying to be faithful to their duty, steadfast, and they're given stewardship. We need to do the same. As God has made us stewards, yeah? As God has given us a job here, to do on this earth what is our job how can we relate how can this relate to us here what paul is saying i was thinking about four ways god has given us stewardship four ways four ways one in truth one in time uh, the third one in talents number four in treasures we are stewards of his truth in applying in context of what we're reading here, what well, Paul, Paul was given, right, stewardship of the ministries. We are to be stewards of the truth of God and salvation. Of, and, and we've already mentioned that already. We're, we're to share. We're to be good stewards, giving the word, not, the, uh, not, not passionately giving other things. One commentator, Chaffin, said, God needs to be able to trust his stewards with his most valuable, and what is that? The gospel of Jesus he writes then chafin says he is depending upon us to share it with everyone we are stewards of that truth there's a second thing here though that i see the bible also speaks about that we are stewards of his time not just his truth but his time right god has saved us god has bought us when he died on the cross when he redeemed us and he has given every one of us this life here on this earth and this life is bound in time and it's a resource that every one of us can use for god ephesians five sixteen right redeem the time for the days are evil right we need to make sure that we are taking the time god has given us that we have taken this time here given to us on this as he saved us bought us our life is not our own and that we are good stewards of his time that he's given us to manage you know the other day i i woke up feeling lazy have you ever done that (laughs) i felt like proverbs chapter 26 verse 14 as a door turns on his, its hinges so does the lazy man on his bed you know ear, ear, you know kind of thing right it's hard to get going ever felt felt like that i mean, we had those days we're tired A lot of things going on. I mean, granted, we need our rest. Granted, we need our down times and our time to, you know, relax and, you know, uh, kind of clear our minds. Uh, Granted, that is. But with the time that God has given us, it should be things that we do for him. What he likes. What are you doing with that time God has given you? Are we using it for ourselves? Are we using it for fleshly pursuits or is it to further the kingdom of God? My life, I've been thinking about more and more. It's not my own anymore. It's not for me to dictate. I'm his servant. He's my master. My life is for him. It's to be lived out for Jesus. Jesus. So we are stewards of his truth. We are stewards of his time. But number three, we are stewards of his talents. Of his talents. God has given every believer talents. A way to minister back to the body. Gifts, abilities, all for his glory. God has given us that. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus told this parable. The master gave his servants different talents, right? Some five some, some two, some one, right? And the, and he, and and the master went away, and they the servants used not all of them used their talents. The one with five multiplied it, doubled it. The one who had two talents multiplied it, doubled it. Except for the servant with one, what did he do? He buried it. He didn't multiply it. And to the ones, right? That when the master came back, to the ones who multiplied. Their their talents, the one who multiplied five, multiplied two. You know what the master said? Well done, good and faithful servant. The one who buried it, he didn't get that. You know, this, this story, this verse in Matthew 25, I remember it well personally because I remember when I was in my early 20s being lukewarm with the Lord. Three years for a fact. I remember living for myself, living in a carnal, worldly way. I remember it wasn't about Jesus anymore, and I, and I had already been saved maybe like nine nine years, nine years already. Yet I came in a time of my life when ah, it was about me, yeah. It was it was about having fun and surfing and, and and acquiring things and possessions and things like that. But I remember when God was breaking me. I came to a breaking place because of things going on in my life. And I went back to church. And I remember this was the message. And I remember being convicted. Oh, Lord, I've wasted three years of my life. I cannot get back that time. But I remember committing, rededicating my life to to Jesus. And, Lord, I'm not going to bury. You've blessed me with talents. Many talents. I want to multiply it. And I got back to the Lord. How about you? Are you good stewards of his talents that he's given you? Well, number four, last thing, we are stewards of his treasures, of his treasures. We're stewards of his truth, his time, his talents, and of his treasure. You know what I'm saying here is God has given every believer material possessions and money we are stewards only of what he has given us yeah the funds we have our bank account the salary we make you know what that's the lord's and we are to just manage that to use it here on this earth how are you managing his treasures your possessions your material things your money God's resources he has given us, right? Do you invest it back into the kingdom? Do you let God use it to further his kingdom? Have you given back a portion of what he's given you that's really his anyway? Or do you never think about it and just hold on to it as your own? What is the attitude in your heart? If you're a good steward, you know this belongs to God. It's not yours. You know that. You know what, Lord, thank you. I appreciate it. Lord, what do you like me to do? that's our attitude right one person said when it comes to giving money some people give to god like they're they're giving to the irs after an audit they give you know what grudgingly grunts and all yeah some th- this person said some give like writing out your electric bill like your force i have to do this yeah but others give like they're giving an engagement ring to their fiance, That is lovingly and with anticipation. I like that. That's the way I want to give. I, I, I thought, oh, Lord, I want to give lovingly. I want to give cheerfully. I want to give with anticipation. Oh, Lord, what are you going to do with this? Thank you, God. We are stewards of God's resources. What do you do with his truth, his t- his time his talents his treasures have you been faithful steadfast dependable reliable with what god has given you have you been faithful think about that have you really been faithful how about this if a car starts once every three times is it reliable if your refrigerator stops working for a day or two every week is it dependable If you miss your mortgage payments every year, will the bank say, ah, 10 out of 12 is okay? You're going like, well, I wish they did. If someone keeps calling in to take time off work many, many times a month, are they a loyal worker? Well, most of us, of course, would say no, no to all of these, right? Yet, do we apply the same standards of faithfulness to what God wants us to do? Many times we don't. Many times we we give ourselves, oh, it's okay, it's okay, Rick. Are you really faithful? Let us today, you guys, cross that line in how we live our lives. Let us become real, faithful stewards, servants of the Lord. It's easy to get caught up in our busy lives it's easy to get caught up in your own things and focus on that but understand you are on this earth for a reason understand that god can take you home to heaven anytime i mean sometimes i wish when i got saved lord why didn't you just take me home you know but god has us here and has given us our lives for a purpose for a plan god has given us an opportunity to serve, to be that steward, to show ourselves as steadfast and faithful. To say, hey, it's not about me anymore, yeah? It's not about me anymore. Today, let's draw a line. It says, me on one side, Jesus on the other side. Let's cross the line in every area of our life. In everything, in our thoughts, in our hearts, in our attitude, in what we do, what we say, our actions, in our motives, in everything. Let's cross the line and say, look, this is for you, Jesus. I'm here for you, Jesus, not about me. I'll close with this. N.C. Schaefer described a true servant this way. At the close of life, the question will not be how much have you got, but how much have you given? not how much have you won but how much have you done not how much have you saved but how much have you sacrificed not how much have how much were you honored but how much have you served that's what it's about guys this is a true servant so you and i are here to be under rowers right of jesus let us all be like what paul wrote let us live like real ministers let's pray lord as we come before you we want to bow down to you as our master and acknowledge lord in our hearts god that you are lord god you are our king lord we are your servants our life is no longer our own we acknowledge that We, we, we we confess that god You have bought us with a price. You have redeemed us. And, and Lord, we are living sacrifices for you that we have many times promised to you that, Lord, here I am. I'm a living sacrifice. And today, God, we acknowledge that we're not our own. And that you have put us here on this earth, in this life, God, for a reason, for a purpose, a plan. And so, Lord, here we are. We are yours. We want to do your will. We want to fulfill what you have asked us to do. We want to be obedient, God, to your word. Not just, just that we're, we're not going to live in the flesh no more, but we're going to walk in the spirit, but more that we can be used by you in a great way to further the kingdom. Lord, let our passion be you. Let our passion be your word. Let our passion be to share your truth, the salvation of, in Jesus Christ to a world that is dying. Oh well, Lord, Your coming is so soon. God, we we bow down to You, and we seek, Lord, Your forgiveness. We confess our sins where where we have lacked, Lord. But God, I want to draw a line in the sand right now. I want to I want to step over that line because over that line is Jesus. No matter what, I'm moving for You, Jesus. I want to be that faithful servant s- steward, Lord. Everything I have belongs to you. Everything I have is yours. I'm just a manager of the things, and let me, God, become a good manager for you. No longer about me. No longer about, about um, maybe getting people impressed with me and that. The no, Lord, it's all about you. Lord, let us, be, let us be those that have crossed over that line and never go back today. Here we are, Lord. Thank you, God. You have done so much for us in dying on the cross. How much more it is for us to be your servants. In Jesus' name, amen.